Before I jump into what we're going to talk about today, I wanted to take just a moment to put a little thought in your brain for you to be kind of thinking through. With it being the Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, holiday weekend, and some of you have uh, off tomorrow, or maybe your schedule's a little different. Uh, I'm not sure what the schools are doing, but things are a little different on this weekend as we remember what Dr. King did and, and the significance of that. But let me remind you of something. The issue of race, the issue of ethnicity is so much more than a political issue. So much more. And in fact, it's, it's even more than a human rights issue. No, it is a spiritual issue. Always has been. Dr. King knew this. Uh, and, and, the, and those that truly understand what this is really about understand that this is a spiritual issue because regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of where you were born, regardless of your ethnicity, you are created in the image of the almighty God of heaven and earth. And so that makes this a spiritual issue. So I just throw this out there to you to let you know that as churches and as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we should be leading the conversation. We should be leading the way in healthy movement towards solving the issues that are still there and addressing the issues that are still there when it comes to race, unfortunately. Um, so just, hey, listen, that was free. You don't have to pay nothing for that. But as you get into conversations and you think about this stuff, just know this is spiritual. This is spiritual. This is spiritual. And, and you need to respond accordingly and lead the way. We're going to talk about worry. You ready? Hi, my name's Jonathan. And I worry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is so much better now. And now that I know you know how this is supposed to work, I know how to pray for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I worry. I worry. I'm a great worrier. In fact, I worry about all the kinds of things we get stuck at, like the stuff we've been talking about over the last few weeks. I worry about money. I worry about career. I worry about my health. I worry about relationships. I worry about spiritual things. I worry about the church. And now, now, now I have even more. Recently, I, I recently have more than ever before to worry about because my oldest daughter Morgan and her husband Marshall just had a second little boy. He's three weeks old and now I have to worry about Canaan and I'm going to show you a picture because I know you want to see. Yeah, he's about three weeks old. Okay, I'll show you another one because I know one's not enough. <laughs> Here's another one. Isn't that great? Yeah, we don't know what to do with a baby that's got hair in our family because yeah, the baby and the men don't have any. So anyway, yeah, so I, I, I got even more now to be concerned about and to worry about. And I come back to all these things and I'm like, oh, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, you just worry, worry, worry. You try not to worry. You know, I shouldn't worry and all this kind of stuff. But if you're honest, you worry too. I mean, you worry about something. Everybody ten, tends to worry about something. And it may be different according to, you know, your personality. Some people are bent towards worrying more. And some people kind of more chill. They worry less. The tricky thing about this, the tricky thing about worry is that all of this stuff matters, doesn't it? All of these things matter. Money matters. Career matters. Health matters. Spiritual things matter. Relationship matter. All these things are important to life. All these things are essential to life. And so it's easy to find ourselves getting trapped into this thing of, of of this cycle of worrying over and over and over again. It's hard. You see, it, it's, it's really hard to break free from this. And I'm not sure if we ever get to a point where we're not going to worry. I, I'm not sure if we're ever going to get to a point 
where we never struggle. In fact, it's probably more about worry management than anything, really. Because, because whether you know it or not, worry is what it means to be human. It's one of the things it means to be human because we're human beings and we're limited and there's more we can't do than we can do and there's more things we don't know than we do know and there's more things we can't control than we can control and so we live in a big world with a lot of stuff going on and we understand that enough to realize, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so we worry. So I don't want you to feel guilty. If you're a worrier, I don't want you to feel guilty. If you're a worrier, you don't need to feel shame. If you're a worrier, if you find yourself worrying, God is not mad at you. God is not disappointed in you. God is not ticked at you. God is not angry at you. But God has a lot to say to you and me as worriers. And, and, and his worry, you know, we worry a lot of times because we care. I want to be careful here. All right, this is not giving us permission uh, to just worry all we want. But this is one of the reasons we worry. We worry because we care about money. We care about our career. We care about health. Right? These things are important. We care about the people in our lives, the relationships, our children, our spouse, our family, our friends. We care about people. And, and we care about spiritual things. These are important things. So worry a lot of times comes out of the fact that we care. But also it has a dark side. It comes out of fear. Now, this is the side of worry that a lot of times we're most familiar with, right? It's the kind of worry that begins with, what if? What if? What if that? What if this? What if they? What if they don't? What if they do? What if this never happens? What if it does? Again, what if it never happens? What if I can't? What if I do? Again. What if, what if, what if, what if? And fear, and we certainly don't want to be living in fear. And that's why we find ourselves getting stuck in worry. And we get into these patterns of behavior that we just can't break free from and we're controlled in all of the inaction and indecision. And here's what I know about you because you're very smart when it comes to worry. You already know a lot of this stuff. You do. You know that worry is probably not the best thing you should be doing with your time. You realize that. But it doesn't mean you're not stuck. It doesn't mean that you can easily break free from this. And so in the next few moments, what we're going to do is probably not give you a ton of new information that you sit there and go, I never knew that. I never knew that about worry. I never knew it probably shouldn't worry. And you're probably going, yeah, I know, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. But isn't it true that often we need to be reminded of the things that we know? Isn't it true that we often need to come back to the things that, that are common to us and remind ourselves? Again, it's like, like, for instance, because you're so smart, you know this. You know that worry doesn't change things. You know that worry just changes you. You may have never thought about it like that. Maybe you've never said it like that. Maybe you've never heard it in these words, but you know this is true. Worry doesn't change anything. It just changes you. It, it, you can't worry and make the thing you're worried about happen. You, you can't start worrying and make the thing that you are worried about not happen. Worry does not change outcomes. It just changes you. You get anxious. In fact, you can even get to the point where you're so distracted and you're so caught up in this, you get sick. In fact, we say it all the time. I'm just worried, sick. You can worry yourself sick to the point where you need medicine to heal your gut. 
Are you kidding me? And, and, and nothing's happened to you? It's just worry. It's something you can't see. It, it's something really you can't, you can't test for. It, it's something you can't see on an x-ray. It's worry. And it can get in there and eat you away. And some of you know this all too well. Maybe that's where you're struggling right now. You're just worried sick. The interesting thing about worry, I've heard it said, that worry is like making a down payment on a problem you may not even own. Worry is like sitting in a rocking chair. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You can stay busy, but you ain't gonna get any, you're not going to go anywhere. Frank, you're really not going to get anything done. You can wear yourself out going nowhere. Worry. And, and don't we all know what it's like to worry about things that never happen? Isn't that a bummer? That you look back and go, I was so worried, I was so worried, and that didn't happen. Maybe you're happy that it didn't happen, but you're frustrated that you worried and worried and worried and worried, and it, and, and, and it was like I worried over nothing. So many of the things we worry about never happen. Or, get this, <laughs> when they do happen, or if they do happen, they're not nearly as bad as we were worried about that they would be. How many times have you had that, ex that experience, right? You're worried sick over it. I mean, you drive yourself nuts over it, and then when it happens, you're like, oh, well, that wasn't quite so bad. I don't know what I was worried about. I got all worked up over nothing, I guess. Because, see, in worry, you project negative outcomes that may happen or may not happen, and they may never happen, but you project the negative outcomes prematurely and unnecessarily and you feel all the feels and you feel all of the pain and you feel all the emotions prematurely and perhaps unnecessarily because it may never even happen. But in worry, you put yourself there. You project yourself there. Yeah, I, I remember when I was six, I had this fear of coming home from school and nobody being home and me being there alone. See, we lived out in the country. And for some reason, my mom put me on a school bus at six years old, did not love me enough to drive me to school like all of you other moms that sit in lines for two hours a day, put me on a school bus. Can you believe it? Please report her. I will testify. But I, but I, I, re I remember being so terrified of coming home and nobody being home. I don't know what caused all that, and I'm sure this was quite traumatic for my mom. If you can hear her tell it today, it's kind of bring you to tears, you know, the way she tells it. And so I can remember going to school every morning and walking down her long driveway, yelling back at mom, you're going to be here, you're going to be here, you're going to be here. And it's just gut-wrenching, you know, and I can remember worrying about it all day long. It's just awful. And so we were religious. We were a religious family. We were in church, and I can remember praying to God as a first grader, right, that somebody would be home when I got home. Isn't that pitiful? Isn't that awful? It's, I, I really need therapy. And <laughs> I remember one day I came home and nobody was there. Walked up the driveway and nobody was there. And just about the time I freaked out, I realized, wait a second, I, I got chores to do. I got to feed the dogs. And I don't mean little fluffy, you know. No, I mean like dogs. We raised dogs. And so there were multiple dogs and pens and poop to clean and pans to change and feed. And yes, I was, you were six, bless your heart. No, don't be sorry for me. It's responsibility. You try it with your kids sometime. I had, I had chores. I was sick. And so I got all the dogs fed. And by the time I got all the dogs fed, mom and dad were home. And I'm like, hey, that wasn't quite so bad. I'm done with my chores. This is great. Now, I know that that's just me and I was six, okay? Boy, if life were that simple again, huh? If that's what I was worried about, mom and dad not being home when I got home from school. 
But isn't it true? We worry ourselves over things that never happen, or when they happen, they're not as bad. Because, see, when that happens, we're not changing anything. We're only changing us. And one more thing about worry that you already know is that worry wastes away today. You know this. You know this because you found yourself so worried and locked in on something, and then it either doesn't happen or it happens, and it's not that big of a deal to begin with, and you look at the clock and you go, oh, my gosh, where did the time go? Now I'm behind. Now I'm worried about being behind. <laughs> right. You know, see, now your you worry shifts. You know, it wastes away today. You expend time and energy and focus on things that may or may not happen. It keeps you from being present in the moment. It keeps you being present now. We'll come back to that in a minute. And, and I bet you already know. I bet you already know what you think God's take on worry is. I, I bet I don't have to tell you that you would, you would assume that God would look at you and me and say, you know, you guys shouldn't worry. You shouldn't worry so much. And you need to stop worrying. Even though it's not out of anger and out of frustration and out of a finger pointed in our face, you, you and I all know that worry is not the best posture to live from. And so God would be like, hey, listen, you need to stop worrying. But for some reason, knowing that God doesn't want me to worry is not enough to keep me from worrying. N knowing that that's not a healthy thing for me and that God would want something better for me doesn't make me go, oh, well, heck, what am I thinking? I'll just stop then. No. So, so let me come at it a different angle. Maybe what will help if we could take a few moments and talk about why. Why we don't need to worry so much. Why we don't have to worry the way we do. Because one day Jesus was teaching some of his followers, and that's where he went. That's where he went with the topic. He went to why. He didn't just say, you guys don't worry. You guys shouldn't worry and stop worrying. What the heck are you doing with worry? No, 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 no. He, he, he wasn't like a slap on the wrist kind of thing. It was like he wanted to help them understand. Jesus was teaching, and he sets it up like this. He said, this is why I tell you. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. He's getting ready to explain He's getting ready to give them a why. And when you and I understand the why, and when his audience begins to understand the why, you're like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. And he gives an analogy that is pure teaching genius. Here we go. Jesus said, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Don't read that next line. Hold on. Look at the birds. They just do their thing, right? You, you don't see birds storing away, you know, food, trying to stockpile. You don't see birds freaking out in the morning, first thing, you know. You don't see them going. You don't see birds going to their nest in the evening at the end of the day, stressed out about Am I going to get up early enough to get the worms? Because the worms will be gone if I don't get up. You know, the early bird, if I'm, am I early enough? Am I early enough? Am I early? Is there going to be a worm? Is there going to be a worm? No, I mean, they just do their thing, right? And I know that's trivial. And Jesus meant it to be trivial. He meant for us to think about that. He meant for his audience to go, yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. Because the birds are taken care of. And watch this question at the end. He said, 
aren't you far more valuable to God than they are? Than who? The birds. Right, if, you, if you work for PETA, don't listen to this next part. What? Right. Right. Aren't you far more valuable? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is yes. Yes, you are far more valuable to God than the birds. Now, God loves the birds. God created the birds. We love the birds. Look at the little birdie. You feed the birds. You buy things. You put them in the yard to keep squirrels out. The birds in, the feed, and the seeds, and all that stuff. It's beautiful, great. One of God's beautiful parts of creation, the birds. God takes care of them. He's got them. He's got them. And, but he says, I don't want you to think about it. They're not worried. They don't freak out. And, and aren't you far more valuable? The answer is yes. And then he asks a question. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? It, it's Jesus' way of saying, does worry change anything about what you're worried about? No. It just screws you up. It just, just makes you all sick inside. It just distracts you. It just wastes your time. It just changes you. Your worries cannot add a single moment to your life. Your worry can't make anything better. I know this, and you know what? You know this, and you would think if we knew this at this point, we would go, man, well, I'm done with that. It can't add a single moment to my life. It can't help matters at all for me to worry. No, can't. But Jesus is trying to help us understand the why. You're far more valuable to him than the birds of the air that have no worries, no care. Now, we don't have time to get into this next part, but let me just give you the highlights of what he says next. He then gives them another, another analogy and, and says, why don't you uh, think about the flowers in the fields? They always bloom, don't they? They always seem to come back year after year after year and do their thing. You, flowers don't, you know, around March, April, am I going to bloom? Am I going to bloom? Am I going to bloom? Am I gonna, yeah. Is it going to rain? Is it going to rain? Is it going to rain? You know, they, they, flowers don't, it's silly, right? But he said, consider the flowers. They're beautiful, aren't they? And the Heavenly Father just takes care of all that. And aren't you far more valuable to him than all of that? He's giving them a narrative. See, this is great. This is genius of Jesus because Jesus knows people are going to worry. So he's giving them something to go through in their mind, something to kind of rehearse in their mind. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. Why am I so worried? God takes care of the birds, and I'm more important to him than the birds. God takes care of the flowers. Wait a second. What am I thinking? And I'm so much more important to God than just the flowers. I mean, Jesus loves it all and created us all, but Jesus died for me. Jesus gave his life for me, not the birds, not the flowers. It's, I am special to God. We are special to God. We are human beings. And so if he cares for all of these things, won't he care for me too? That's the why. And then he says this, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. See, we talked about worry, waste away right now. Worry's got you thinking about what's coming, what's coming, what's coming, what if, what if, what if. No, give your attention to what's going on right now and don't get worked up. Boy, don't we get worked up. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. 
You know what? You know what I believe Jesus is trying to say? You know what I think Jesus is getting at here? I think Jesus is, is trying to say, listen, I know you're worried. I, I, know you're tend, I know you tend to worry. And that's why I'm bringing up the whole topic. Jesus said, this is why you don't worry. But I want you to know something. I got you. I think this is Jesus' way of looking at his followers saying, I got you. I got you. I got the birds. I can take care of them. I got you. You mean more to me than the birds. I, the flowers, they're fine. They're taken care of. They don't have to worry. And you know what? You're more important to me than the flowers. I got you. I got them. I got that. I got you. So you don't need to worry. I got you. It doesn't help anyway. It doesn't add a single moment to your life. So just get focused in on what's going on right now. Stay focused on the here and now. Be in the moment right here and now. And don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. You know what? With whatever you're worried about, if it doesn't happen, then great, it doesn't happen. But if it does, whenever it happens, God will help you handle whatever hard things come your way when it happens in the moment. God will always be with you in the moment now. And so, so with these things, I think he's saying, I, I, I got you. How would that help if we knew? How would this change things if we knew? I got you, I got you. Here's what I'm learning. After reading this and kind of thinking, meditating, praying on this, here's some things that I think might help. Here's some things that I'm learning that help me as a worrier, as a recovering worrier, all right? Again, hi, my name is Jonathan, and I worry, and you tell me your name, you worry, and so here's some things. You might want to write this down. You might want to take pictures of this at the end so you can see it all. But when you find yourself worried, knowing that he, he's got you, he's got you, okay? Well, then here's some things that may help. First of all, do what you can. Trust with what you can't. Whatever you're worried about, I don't know what you're worried about. Whatever you're worried about, here's the deal. You look at that and go, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And I'll do what I can, and I'll trust God with what I can't. I will trust the Heavenly Father who, who's got the birds, so he's got me. He's got the flowers taken care of, so he's certainly got me, because I mean more to him than all that other stuff. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to do what I can and trust him with what I can't. What are you worried about? There's probably a lot you can't do, but there may be something you can. Maybe you can send an email. Maybe you can make the phone call. Maybe you can have the conversation. Or maybe it's the end of the day and you're laying in bed and what you can do next is go to sleep. See, th another way of saying this is to be faithful with what's in front of you and trust God with what's ahead of you. Be faithful with what's in front of you. Trust God with what's ahead of you. What are you worried about? How can you be faithful with what's in front of you? Because I bet what you're worried about is not what's happening in the moment. You're probably worried about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next week, or what if that, or what if that, or what if that. Okay, so you need to come back, to the, come back right now, okay? Be faithful with what's in front of you. Do what you can do here and trust God with what's coming up. Trust him with what's in, ahead of you. I can't tell you how many times I find myself doing this. You get to the point where you get worried, uh, you lay down, try to go to sleep at night, and your brain just is it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going. And a lot of times that's when I worry. A lot of times I'm worried about this, that, and this, that, and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I literally, I, I will say this to myself, and I try not to say it out loud because it kind of freaks my wife out, but I, I can find myself often going, okay, wait a second, what am I worried about here? What am I worried about? What am I worried about? And I'll identify, I'm worried about this. And I'll ask myself, okay, what can I do about it right now? What can I do about it right now? Sometimes I need to go write something down that, so I don't forget it, okay? Sometimes I need to fire off a quick email to get it out of my head so I can sleep. But most of the time, you know what I can do right now? 
go to sleep. Because it'll be there waiting for me when I get up in the morning. I promise. I promise. And since God's going to be up all night anyway, he don't sleep, he doesn't need to sleep, let him, let him worry about it. Let him take care of it. Let him work on his thing while you, while you catch some Z's and replenish your body. Yeah, do what you can right now. Yeah, sometimes what you can do is just get up and go to work and do the next thing. Do what you can, trust with what you can. Here's another thing that helps, okay? Helps me, I, I think it'll help you. Turn what if around. Turn it around. Have you ever noticed that what if is almost always negative? What if is almost always bad? What if that happens? What if that breaks? What if that goes wrong? Or what if, what if, what if, what if seems to always be negative? What if you turned what if around and what if became positive? What, what do you mean? Okay, what if what it is you're worried about actually turns out better than you fear? Think about that. I mean, if, since worrying ain't going to change nothing anyway except you. Okay? See, worrying yourself sick ain't going to make it not happen or make it happen. Okay, We've already covered that. So instead of expending your energy, wearing yourself out on the negative, sit around and think about this. Hey, what if, it, what if it's better? What if it works? What if they say yes? What if it's not as bad as I thought? What if it doesn't happen at all? And what if, when it does, it's a piece of cake? What if? Turn what if around. What if the test results come back and I'm just fine? What if the conversation goes better than I, than I think? What if the interview goes off swimmingly well? What if that situation just kind of takes care of itself? Hey, this is what we call living with hope. Yeah, this is what it's called living with hope and, and, and putting your faith in action. And yes, it's about a mindset. Yes, it's about an attitude. And some of you, you know, the optimists in the room, you're going, yes, I love that. And the pessimists are going, that's crap. <laughs> Try it. Try it. Turn what if around. Because see, worrying, the negative side of what if, it's not going to change any outcome. It's only going to change you. It's only going to make you a mess emotionally, mentally. Spiritually, it's going to make you a mess. So turn what if around. No, it doesn't mean that what you were fearing won't happen or that a situation will change. No, but what will happen is you will begin to change for the positive. You will begin to change for the better. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, what if I turn what if around and it happens anyway? Well, then at least you wouldn't have worried yourself sick waiting around for it to happen. And you would have had more joy along the way. Right? Because remember, turning whether your what if is negative or your what if is positive, it's not going to stop what's going to happen from happening. And it's not going to make something happen or keep it from happening. Please get that. So since you're not in control of the outcome with worry, then turn what if around and make it positive and, and just make it so much easier on yourself. Turn what if around. And one more. Do what you can, trust what you can. Turn what if around and come back to now. Come back to now. Because see, worrying wastes away today. Worrying wastes away today. 
So what you have to do is make an intentional choice to come back and be present in this moment. Because if you're like me and you're like anybody that worries, when you're worried, you leave this moment and your mind transports to uh, later on this afternoon. What's going to happen? Or tomorrow, what's going to happen? Or next week, what's going to happen? Or next month or next year? And what if 10 years from now, yeah, we leave the moment and we waste away these moments. you got to make a choice. Come back, come back, come back. Oh, wait a second. got to come back to now. Come back to now. And be present in this moment with these people in this situation. You come back to now. You know what this is about? It's about refocusing and then engaging. Refocus and engage. It's like refocus. Okay, what am I thinking about? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come back, come back to reality. That hasn't happened. It may never happen. And if it does, it may not be as bad. What if it's actually better than I'm fearing? Okay, you know what? There's nothing I can do about that. I'm going to leave that with God and I'm going to come back to now. Because right now, my family is in the living room and they're wanting to watch a movie together. And this is a special time. Right now, I'm on a date with my wife, with my husband. Right now, I'm at a job that I love and I have an opportunity to get things accomplished. Right now, I'm in a car with blaring music and the teenager playing stuff that I can't stand, but I love her and I love him. Right now, I've got a screaming three-year-old in the back seat you know, and all this kind of stuff. And right now, come back to now. And they need me. I'm needed in this moment. I'm needed to be present here. Come back to now. Come back to now. Be present in this moment. That's why Jesus said, God will help you get to all the hard stuff when, when time comes. Now listen, I know this ain't easy. If this was easy, we wouldn't be doing a whole day talking about worry, right? If beating worry was easy, what would we have to talk about? We would have done it by now. But it is possible to not be stuck in worry with the power and strength of Christ. You have to be, okay, all right, okay. What can I do? What can I do? And I'll trust God with what I can. I'm going to be faithful with what's in front of me and trust God with what's ahead of me. I'm going to turn this what if around because it may be better. It may never happen at all. And if it does, it may not be as bad. In fact, it may go so well, I'm going to kick myself for wasting these moments. So I'm going to come back to now, right now. I'm going to come back to now because now is what I have. Now is the only guarantee I have because I don't know, I may be dead tomorrow. Ha! Sorry, that's going to make you worry. Um, (laughs) Worry doesn't help anyway, so come back. To now, and, and to me, what's fascinating about all of this is that everything that I've just talked about, everything we've just kind of gone through together, is true for every single one of us. Even if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, it's true for you. Everybody worries, but here's the deal: for followers of Jesus, for people that are trusting in Jesus, knowing He is our Savior, our Forgiver, and we are seeking to follow Him. There is an added dimension of this that brings us to a greater depth because here's the deal. Even when the things you're worried about don't turn out, as a follower of Jesus, you don't have to freak out because that just means he's not done working things out yet. 
Because there's this passage that we love as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, that we love to come back to, that Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, that God is constantly working all things together for our good. He's constantly working all things together for our good. He's not saying that everything is good. He doesn't say that everything's going to feel good. He didn't say that everything's going to look good. He just said that God's going to take everything, good and bad, and when God's all done with bringing it all together and making all the pieces fit, it will be good. It will be good. So you could say that if whatever you're worried about and whatever you're facing ain't good, God's not done working it out yet. Because when God's done working it all out, either in this life or in the life to come, it will be good. So Jesus says, I know you're worried. I know you're tempted to worry, but I got you. I got you in this life, and I will help you address the worries in this life. And I've got you in the next life when God will eliminate all things there are to worry about anyway. What could, what could be better than that? Jesus says, I got you. I got you. I got you. I don't know what you're worried about, but he's got the birds. And, and you're much more important to him than the birds. I don't know what you're worried about, but he takes care of the flowers. And, and you're much more significant than the flowers of the field. He's got you. So, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Isn't that beautiful? Letting God know what your concerns are. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. He's got you. Let's pray. Our Father, we needed this reminder. I needed this reminder. As a professional, habitual worrier, I need to remind myself that if you care for birds, you care for flowers, you care for creation, yet you gave yourself for us, for me. And I am much more valuable to you, we are much more valuable to you than any of those things. And this is what you told us through Jesus. This is what Jesus said. Worry doesn't help. It can't add one single moment. It doesn't make anything better. It can't make anything worse except us. It changes us. It makes us sick on the inside. It wastes our time and energy and focus. So, Father, may we take the cue from you, not out of anger and not out of frustration, but out of your love. You encourage us to do what we can, but trust you with what we can't. 
and to turn what if around because it may be better. It may not even happen at all. And if it does, it may not be nearly as bad and things could actually go very well and help us to come back to the moment and be present. Knowing that you got us. You got us. And I don't know what people are worried about. I I don't know what they're stuck in. But help them to know you got them. In Jesus' name, amen.